are back. We are back. Okay, so we're to back. To what? Um, to, <laughs> to crime culture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're Part two. Yes, part two of Andre Chikatilo because we can't fill this much. We just can't get enough. We can't. We can't put this much fucked upness in just one episode. We have to. We have to take it in doses. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, do that before you listen to this week's episode because you're going to be like or way if you're behind. Over from listening to last week's episode because we did have some fun with that drinking. We game. did. We did, we have, did have some uh, fun. A fun. As did our listeners. Yes. Yeah, people jumped on board with that. People jumped on board. I was like, oh. The Twitterverse, the as Twitterverse the kids say. The Twitterverse jumped on board. Instagram jumped on board a little bit. But more importantly, I was like, anybody who doesn't listen to this and sees hashtag ejaculation drinking game is going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I was ready. I was like, oh, cool. This is That's great. Right. Tw- Twitter's like the Wild West. I don't know how Twitter happens or works because I don't use it. It's so, like the cafeteria in Mean Girls. There's a little place for everybody. It's yeah. It's just and we're beyond, the coolest people you'll ever meet. It's beyond my social media consumption. So yeah, I don't. I don't see it. what happens there. I just hear about it secondhand. Any tweets or twats come from me. Tweets Woo! or twats. Tweets or twats. But yes. So just to give a little background. So we talked about Chikatilo. wait before be- before we Whoa. we jump okay, into the before, episode. Just reminding everybody. This month only, leave us a five star review. Oh yes! Screenshot it, like and like, send us your show address. us what you wrote. Yeah, and send us your address. You can send a direct the, message on Twitter. Yeah, direct message on Twitter. Yeah, uh, DM on um, uh, Instagram. Uh, a message on um, Tumblr. On Facebook. you can send us an email. You can send us a carrier pigeon. An Anything. owl. If you yes. feel so inclined, I'm still waiting for mine. Uh, no, not a howler. They send the howlers to Haley. <gasps> no. Oh, but it's okay for me to have them. Yeah. Oh, speaking of some <laughs> of sending us stuff, we're working on a PO box. We've yes. been asked oh my God, multiple I'm so times sorry. by yes. multiple people. Yeah. I want to try to. I want to try to get it ready for the holidays so you can send me Christmas cards. But uh, Haley's more male person- friendly than I am. Yeah, I work across the street from a post office, but the person that works at the post office is literally the worst person on the planet, so I don't want to have to see her all the time. So I'm trying to figure out um, ways around this. So yeah, that's that. And I'm just story. too lazy. <laughs> yeah, good. So well, I leave it to Haley. If you get yeah. any ma- if you get any tweets, it's from me. If you get any mail, it's from Haley. Yeah, I deal with like the real mail and shit. I thought you were gonna be like, I deal with like the real stuff. I was like, okay, I do. All right. I do. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're working on the P.O. Box. If you leave us a five-star review, we're going to send you a pin. I don't think I even explained the end of that. We just went off on a tangent. Um, Yeah. Yeah, there's a picture of the pins on the the Instagram and I think on the Twitter and everything else. Everywhere. Um, Yeah. So screenshot your review for us this month Mm -hmm. and send us uh, the screenshot with your address and we will send you a pin. Yes. Faux free. Faux free. And honestly, so, why would you not? Like now, now it's free the housekeeping is in order. Shit. All right, housekeeping is in, oh no, housekeeping's not in order. Um, quick shout out to our listener McKenna for pointing out on the Mothman episode. We didn't mention the DC like antihero Mothman at all. He's in like Batman and Watchmen, 
and I don't know. I did the research for that one, and I know. it never came up when I was doing research. I don't know how or why, but never came up. I love comics, and I don't know how I didn't think of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, and too. if anyone's if anyone's still interested, the tree is still on my house, my apartment oh, building. Oh, good. So they so they sectioned changed. they uh like caution taped off like the whole uh sidewalk and road in front of our apartment so it, it makes it look like they're gonna do something but <sighs> nothing's being done and we're supposed to get uh really high winds from the hurricane soon so that'll be a fun time it's still sunny and warm where i live just Back a quick you. update um okay but getting back into it tangents yes. are over <laughs> sorry about all so. of the tangents all of the housekeeping well, just wanted yeah. to get that done all some right of, some and, of them were important and chikatilo so chikatilo so where we left off he's killing people he's raping people he's Ooh. living his life as a father of two married to a woman he still can't get it up um still can't get it up yeah um <laughs> our new hit single coming out um but so then he's finally been caught he has a close call once then they let him go they finally catch him after almost an 11 year reign of terror yep. and so now they've got him in custody and body count was you, up body count was up we to 36 i believe i believe so i believe we've only talked about 36 okay okay but, but it's not it's not 36 um, okay yeah and that's what you missed on glee all right Okay. and go perfect so as we were talking about kostoyev who was like the investigator detective person um mm-hmm. and so he told him that he or them that he often tasted the blood of his victims and mm. said that he quote felt chills end quote and quote shook all over end quote you know like good things good things to feel when you taste some blood they're multiplying multiplying. i love it (laughs) i hate i hate us um so he also confessed to that we kind of went over this like this Mm -hmm. isn't a shock but um to tearing at victims genitalia their lips their nipples their tongues etc with his i would say i would say even though we did talk about it it is still shocking yeah, it's still pretty fucking gross. Like, I, mean, I, I don't like hearing about it. I don't want anybody tearing at my genitalia. Sorry. Teeth, Oof. knives, none of it. Um, Future lovers. Stop it. Don't touch me there. <laughs> this is my no-no square. Um, so in several instances, Chikatilo would cut or bite off the tongues of his victims as <sighs> he performed the disemboweling. Um, I don't know how, uh, quite frankly, how do you find the time, Mr. Chikatilo, between cutting off the tongue know. and the disemboweling and keeping food on the table with the kids? Truly, this man. We're um, only making light of it because it's very uncomfortable. I'm massively uncomfortable anytime yes. genitalia or ejaculation is mentioned because oh. hashtag Catholic upbringing. Um, oh, I didn't think we were going to do any shots in this episode. Oh, we get to take one little baby Aww. shot. So then... After after the tongue cutting and the disemboweling, either Ugh. at or shortly after the point of death, he would run around the body as he held the tongue aloft in one hand, which basically goes to prove that this dude is not right. Yeah, but also you kind of glossed over the fact that like he's disemboweling this person before they're dead. He's, uh, there were some people who 
I, I don't remember if I wrote this in my notes. There were some people who literally he disemboweled them and knew they were still alive and just like hung out. Or like I he'd would, disembowel them and then like do other shit to them while they were still alive. I would pray that they were in shock so that they didn't have to mentally process what was happening. I I don't even That is the only possible saving grace of that unless they passed out yeah i would i from blood loss or anything yes i would pray to any deity that they just not would being pass aware out. not yeah. being yeah yes. um and that it like in a perfect world nobody would die but if they have to like that it would be fast and that they would be there would be some sort of mercy yes um but so this is where a lot of people kind of differ because they refer to him a lot as a cannibal he's technically not a cannibal because although he admitted he had eaten the uterus of one of his female <sighs> victims jesus and the testicles of some of his other male victims oh god he stated that he would later discard these body parts not eat them blah 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 nevertheless he dabbled he dabbled and he also swallowed some of his victims nipples and tongues huh yeah yeah uh. So, I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh, no, no, no. Um, the, I don't remember. No, I was going to say Ed Gein. He didn't eat it. He just made a nipple belt. Um, yes. He was not a cannibal. He was also not no. a serial killer. Yes. No, he was just like a, what do you call that? Like a necrophiliac, I guess? Yes. Go back and um, listen to our episode on it and listen till the end uh, so you can hear Mo meow into the microphone. Uh, love him. Our yep. podcat. Podcat. So then, on November 30th, 1990, Chikatilo was formally charged with each of the 34 murders he had confessed to. Over Good. the ne- Oh, but wait. So then, over the next several days, Chikatilo confessed to 22 more murders that hadn't been connected to the case. Either because, like, Shit. they were committed outside of the Rostov area, or because the bodies were not found yet, as, like, we mentioned, that one boy that wasn't found for a while. Yeah. Um, or in the case of, like, Zach at Nova, that guy um, that was innocent, who yeah. was convicted and executed for the murder already. So... The case. I, I prefer Ooh. I prefer that to like what douchebag Bundy did and was like, well, yeah, I killed like way more people than you think I did, but I'm and not going to give you any information. You. Yeah, I'm not going to give you any information, and like you're just going to have to guess because I'm like the best one that ever existed. Oh, you're going to kill me? Oh, then I guess I'll tell you some things. Uh, I yeah. fuck him, fuck him, fuck him. Yeah. Um, I mean, fuck this guy too, but also like fuck them all. Yeah, <laughs> just blanket fuck them all at least at least he's being uh truthful and helpful yes 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 um you at, at least, least he's, at least he's being compliant it would have been helpful if he didn't do this at all but yeah, at least he's being I mean, compliant yeah and he's uh he's giving uh relief to the families who uh, some were Point probably still looking member, yeah yeah and they were still looking they didn't even know what happened to him so right right yeah so then, as was the case with the victims compiled on the initial list of charges, Chikatilo was able to prove that he committed these murders by providing additional details that only the killer would have known. Mm-hmm. Um, 
For example, a uh, 14-year-old Lyubov Volobuyeva had lived in southwestern Siberia and was killed in a sorghum field near Krasnodar Airport on July 25th, 1982. For those right. who don't know what sorghum is, um, if you remember that radio commercial where the guy would be like, oh, this this cereal is made from sorghum. The Egyptians used to use it and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's still like a green for the kids. Right? It, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And then the mom would be like, oh, that's so great. And the kids would be like, give us more. And it sounds disgusting. Um, they try to like grow it in like one of the later it. seasons of uh, Walking Dead. If it can be grown in Siberia, that doesn't mean it's good. Siberia, where it's pretty much devoid of life. That's where they would send people when they wanted to like get rid of them. Yeah, I don't think it's we have any good. listeners from Siberia. So I think we're good there. That's because nobody lives there. Watch, we're going to have our you one listener know. from Siberia. I know somebody from Siberia is going to be pissed. Um, and they have an iPhone, too, so they're going to give us a mean one-star comment. <laughs> they're going to be like, fuck you guys, now give me my pin. Um, <laughs> so they lived in Siberia and were killed near the sorghum field on July 25th, 1982. And Chikatilo recalled that he had killed Volobuyeva in a millet field and that he had approached the girl as she sat waiting at Krasnodar Airport and... Vilaboyeva um, told him that she lived in the Siberian city of Novokuznetsk, according to Chikatilo, and that she was waiting a connect waiting for a connecting flight at the airport to visit her family. And now I'm never talking to anybody at the airport again. Yeah, why? Why are you giving the stranger your freaking travel details? Why you don't do. You, give them your- you make conversation. Yeah, but why are you giving them your fucking, like, flight number and everything? Come on, man. But she's Give them your home address? She's not. She's just like, oh, yeah, I live in, I'm from this place. Where are you from? Oh, yeah, I'm going to visit family. Why are you traveling? Like, it's, it's, it's normal shit. I like our listeners, and I haven't told them where I live. I have. Yes, you have. I haven't said the city. Fair, fair, fair. Neither have I. Give a general state and area. But I feel like that's different, too. Like, we're not traveling right now. Like, obviously, you're from one city and going to another city. One of them you're not from. One of them you are from. Like, it's it's normal conversation. Like, when I went to England, I was talking to this lady who came for her daughter's sweet 16 from Ireland. They spent a week in Manhattan, also lucky, and... Like, she told me where they were from and, like, what she, what she did for work and what her kids did for work. You could have murdered talked them. about what I did for work. No. I mean, I was in an aisle seat, so I was fine. But, um... That is a reason for murder. <laughs> no, that's not a reason. It was, it was the middle section aisle seat. I was lucky. All right. That's, that's lucky. Like, anyway. Ideally, window seat. But, like, if you have to be in the middle, you want to be in that aisle seat. So, at least I do. Me and my tiny bladder. So, either way, I'm never talking to anybody in the airport again after this. It's... Truly. Yes. Um, So then, in December 1990, Chikatilo led the police to the body of Alexei Kobatov, which is a boy that he confessed to killing in August 1989, and Mm -hmm. who he buried in the woods near a Shakti cemetery, and later led the investigators to the bodies of two other victims. So, three of the 56 victims that Chikatilo confessed to killing were not able to be found or identified, but he was still charged with killing, this is the grand total, 
53 women and children between 1978 and 1990. Jeez. Yes. Too many. Like, one is too many. Yeah. But Uh, I guess if you confess. 56. Wait. Yeah, 56 victims, 53 charged. Yeah, but he confessed to the 56, and, like, I don't know why they wouldn't just charge him for the 56, even though they couldn't find the uh others bodies because no evidence why would you lie about three what what was to be gained because there's no evidence like that it like think about ted bundy he was like i killed 200 people or whatever the fuck it was but they didn't charge him for those 200 deaths like even though this guy has been pretty honest throughout this entire thing that doesn't mean that he's been that he he will continue to be honest. He's still a psycho. He's still a criminal. He's still yeah, unwell. Yeah, it's not like, like he could. But it's not like the three is going to make or break the case. Yeah, yeah. It's still we're still getting him for they're forever. Not, yes, forever. Like they're they're not dying in vain. Yeah. Um. Or I guess there's st- you know what I mean. Um. So then on August twentieth, nineteen ninety one. So about a year later or so, a um, little bit less, like nine, ten months, um, after the police finished interrogating Chikatilo and they did their reenactments of every murder at every crime scene, Chikatilo was then transferred to the Serbsky Institute in Moscow to undergo a 60-day psychiatric evaluation to determine whether or not he was mentally competent to stand trial. So mm-hmm. he was then analyzed by a senior psychiatrist named Dr. Andre Tkachenko, TKA, always fucks me up. Um, and he said that Chikatilo suffered from various physiological problems, which he attributed to prenatal brain damage. Remember, we talked about how he had water yeah. in the brain, but concluded on October 18th that although he was suffering from borderline personality disorder with sadistic features, he was fit to stand trial. So okay. then. In December 1991, details of Chikatilo's arrest, um, it's just too fast. It's it's too fast. Um, Tongue twister. It is. It is. And it reminds me of, what movie is this? It's um, I think it's Ferris Bueller with Chika Chika Bow Bow. That's yes. what it keeps making me think of. So then I keep doing it and I'm like, no, I need to stop. <laughs> um, Chikatilo's day off. Coming to a theater near you. So... Details of his arrest and a brief summary of his crimes were released by the Russian media or to the Russian media by the police. Okay. And then they went fucking wild. So then Andrei Chikatilo was brought to trial in Rostov on April 14th, 1992 for the 53 counts of murder and also five counts of sexual assault against minors, which remember he committed as a teacher. So he's those victims are finally seeing justice. Yeah. After how many fucking years? So then his trial, like I said, the media went wild. His trial was the first major media event of liberalized post-Soviet Russia. Mm. It was, and think about it, like, you go from having zero, like, information and all this other stuff to having, like, everything available. I'm going to be fucking intrigued. Yeah. So soon after his psychiatric evaluation at the Serbsky Institute, the investigators conducted a press conference in which a full list of Chikatilo's crimes were released, but 
the name, like the full name of the, of the suspect and the photograph were not released. So everybody knew what he did. Nobody knew it was Chikatilo. Okay. So then the media first saw Chikatilo on the first day of his trial because they put him in an iron cage and the cage was specifically created in a corner of the courtroom to keep him from being attacked by the relatives of his victims because they were so yeah. like angry and sad and like just fucking hysterical. Yeah, and they heard all of the details of what yeah. he did to their family members that right. obviously, yeah. Right. Um, you're going to be pissed. Of course, you're going to be pissed and you're going to want closure and it's going to be awful. Yeah. So then, in the opening weeks of Chikatilo's trial, the Russian press regularly published exaggerated and often sensationalistic headlines about the murders, zero to 60, real quick. Mm. And they began referring to Chikatilo as a cannibal and a maniac. And they began comparing his physical looks to those of, like, a skinhead or, like, somebody who was, like, a Satanist or a demonic individual. Okay. Which, like, I can understand that, I guess. Like him looking like a skinhead and a demonic individual and all that other yeah. shit. And like you're not he's going out on too bodies. much of a limb. No, he's running around bodies like waving a tongue in the air. Like he's he's doing some pretty ritualistic shit. Yeah, but they they still they they literally went from like oh we can report on things now to let's fucking become the National Enquirer real fast. Yeah. So then, two days, the the first two days of the trial, um. Judge Leonid Akubsinov. Akubsinov? Akubsinov? Akubsinov. Um, he read the list of indictments against Chikatilo. That was the first two days. That's mm. what it was dedicated to. So wow. every murder was discussed individually. On several occasions, relatives of the victims who were present in the courtroom would break down in tears or even faint when the details mm. of their relatives' murders were revealed. Yeah. And then after the indictment was read, Judge Akubsinov announced to the journalists that were in the courtroom that he intended to conduct an open trial and mm -hmm. said, quote, let this trial at least teach us something so that this will never happen anytime or anywhere again. Mm. So he then asked Chikatilo to stand up and identify himself, give his, give his date of birth, where he was born, shit like that. Yeah. And Chikatilo complied, which is noted solely because this was one of, like, the few times that Chikatilo would would comply and that he and the judge would have, like, a civil exchange. Yeah. So he goes from being very compliant, like, with law enforcement, with everybody, to just being, like, fuck the man. Yeah. So Chikatilo was initially questioned in detail about each charge on the indictment. And I'm like, I'm not crazy, right? Like Chikatilo, it sounds like that fucking Ferris Bueller light motif. Yeah, it does. Like every time I say it, I can't help but hear it. I don't know why. I don't know what switch flipped in my brain that I'm suddenly hearing this. But anyway, anyway, just know every time I say it, it's on my mind. Okay. Um, so he was questioned in full detail about them and responding to specific questions in regards to the murders he often gave pretty like flippant like sassy responses and mm. 
particularly when they questioned like the specific nature of the wounds he inflicted on the victims and the lies that he used to lure his victims into these secluded areas where he would murder yeah. them. And he then became indignant when they accused him of stealing personal possessions or organs from the victims because apparently, I don't know, fucking eating their nipples and their tongues and their uteruses doesn't count as stealing. Um, yeah. Like, come on, dude, they gotcha. But on one occasion when they asked him if like about like his he was he seemed to be like indifferent to his lifestyle and um or not to his lifestyle to the lifestyles of the people he had killed and to their genders um chikatilo replied quote i did not need to look for them every step i took they were there end quote Mm. so in what became a regular but not really continuous occurrence throughout the trial judge akubsanoff berated Chikatilo as he questioned him in addition I mean in detail regarding the charges yeah so he would order him to quote shut your mouth before adding quote you're crazy and Mm. those would be like Chikatilo's responses to those questions that he was being asked would deviate into discussing his issues such as the issues he had with his family during his childhood and his claims that the charges filed against him were false. And, like, dude, you led him, you led them to the fucking scenes of the crime. Like, they're not false. Yeah. Yeah. So. What are you trying to save yourself now? <laughs> exactly. So, so these verbal exchanges would occur whether or not Chikatilo was cooperative. Um, and the manner in which the judge would question Chikatilo repeatedly led his defense lawyer, Marat, Kabibulin to protest against the accusatory nature of the court proceedings. Mm. So when Chikatilo was being uncooperative during questioning, he would often just like yell over the judge and <laughs> say that the court was a joke and launch into rambling, disjointed speeches and be all like, I'm out of order, you're out of order, this whole court is out of order. So basically filibustering his own trial. Good job, buddy. Yep, you're you're batting a thousand. So Chikatilo would also sometimes flash the court, um, <laughs> which, okay, I mean, I, I, if I had the it's more exciting than a Bundy trial, it, it is, it truly is. But if I had the um, issues that he had, I don't know that I'd be flashing anybody, but that's just me. That's just me. Right. That's, that is just I. Um, he would also sing socialist movement anthems throughout the proceedings. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> and um these antics would usually result in him being sent back to his cell and then they would just go on without him there good so like he tried it did not work so then on april 21st chikatilo's lawyer requested that dr bukanovsky be allowed to testify regarding the contents of the profile he had written in 1985 and his subsequent consultations with chikatilo after his arrest um hmm. His lawyer also added that Bukanovsky had an influence over Chikatilo and could therefore help with the court proceedings. So literally mm. his defense lawyer is even like, look, let's get this over with. Like, let's <laughs> fucking nail this guy. Yeah. Um, this guy, this guy can make him cry. Let's bring him in. Yeah. Um, however, this request was denied. God so the same day, Chikatilo began to refuse to answer any questions from the judge or the prosecutor. Or his own fucking lawyer. <laughs> Just Don't talk to anyone. Fucking answer. Yes. And he kept this shit up for three days before stating that his 
presumption of innocence had been violated by the judge and that he would, as a result, give no further testimony. All right. Like, you're wrong, but you're not wrong. Like, I get it. But also, you are guilty. Like, there's no presumption of innocence. You fucking led, yeah. you led them to the crime the, scenes. Like, I can't say enough. The trial's a formality. It, exactly. Exactly. So, the day after his little outburst, court was adjourned for two weeks. Chikatilo withdrew his confessions to six of the killings, for which he'd been charged on May 13th, and also claimed that he had killed four further victims who were not included on the indictment. So, technically, we're up to 60 people. But Mm. he's becoming unhinged, so they don't know if this is true at this point. That same day, his lawyer again submitted a request that his client be subjected to a second psychiatric evaluation, which was also dismissed. Mm. So all of this dude's requests are getting dismissed by the judge. In response, Kabebulin, the lawyer, got up from his seat, condemned the court, and argued that the judge was unfit to continue presiding over the case. Chikatilo also repeated his earlier remarks about the judge making a lot of, like, shitty comments prejudging his guilt. Yeah. And then the fucking prosecutor, Nikolai Gerasimenko, vocally supported the judge's, I mean, the defense's request for a new judge. Everybody is like, get this judge out of here. All right. And he said that the judge had indeed made too many of these comments and had committed numerous procedural violations by lecturing and insulting the defendant and said that Chikatilo had already been effectively prejudged as being guilty by the press. So (laughs) they were like, get this dude out. So then, interestingly enough, on July 3rd, Dr. Bukanovsky was suddenly allowed to testify regarding his profile okay. and his analysis of Chikatilo, although solely in the capacity as a witness, not as an okay. expert. So for three hours, Bukanovsky testified regarding his profile of Chikatilo and of the conversations he had with Chikatilo when he was arrested, which, mm-hmm. as we remember from the last episode, was what caused Chikatilo to confess. He cried yeah. like a little baby and then was like, okay, I'll tell you everything. Yeah. Um, four psychiatric experts from the Serbsky Institute also testified regarding the results of a behavior analysis that they conducted on Chikatilo in May. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was after the initial adjournment of the trial. And all of them testified that his behavior in the courtroom was completely different from his behavior when he was in his cell at the Institute. Yeah. And they considered that his antics were a calculated attempt to obtain acquittal on the grounds of insanity. Uh Which, funnily enough, we just got word of in an email from one of our listeners, Selena, who has a master's in forensic psychology. We love a bad bitch with an education. Yes. And she was not, like, prior to this episode, she was emailing us about not guilty. Like, she calls it NGBRI. I don't know if that is the technical term, but, like, it's not guilty by reason of insanity. And yeah. um, so I'm just going to quote her really fast. And she, I'm trying to figure out where. So. Competency to stand trial, CTS, and insanity are two separate decisions made at different times during the legal process. So competency is done before the trial proceedings, whereas insanity is assessed and determined later. So Mm, you can be found competent for a trial, but then later be found not guilty by reason of insanity, NGBRI. And then insanity Mm -hmm. is also strictly a legal term, and a psychologist cannot find you legally insane. They can only provide their insight on symptomology. 
Additionally, right. personality disorders do not qualify for insanity. Um, and for example, that's why Bundy, who clearly showed traits of several personality disorders, or in Chikatilo's case, he has BPD, um, yeah. would not qualify for NGBRI. Huh. All right. So thank you, Selena. You are thank you massively helpful. Um, and also, as she explained to us in another email, for future reference, anybody who is found not guilty by reason of insanity, they don't just like walk off and live their life. They actually spend time in an institution and like get help. Yeah. Which I Which, was like, oh, that's yes. comforting. I kind of figured that like they didn't just leave, but like that's comforting. That makes yeah, me feel better. You can't just acknowledge like, oh, yeah, this person's murdered scores of people and they're insane. So they didn't know what they were doing. Let's just let them continue on. Yeah. Let's just I think that they're doing a good job. Like, let's just let them keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. It's not like they're hurting anybody. <laughs> No. Why yeah. would that happen? But yeah, so thank you, Selena. Thank you. So, on August 9th, Kababulin, the defense attorney, delivered his 90-minute closing argument before the judge, saying he had no confidence his voice would be heard above the, quote, general outcry, end quote, for retribution against Chikatilo before questioning the reliability of the forensic evidence presented at the trial. Mm -hmm. And he also described areas of Chikatilo's confessions as being, quote, baseless. All so right. he also questioned the judge's objectivity, which is not a stretch, mm -hmm. and called back to the decision to allow the defense to present testimonies from independent psychiatrists, Bukhanovsky, etc. Yeah. He emphasized that crimes of this nature could not have been committed by an individual of sound mind and then formally requested that the judge find his client not guilty. Mm -hmm. The next day, prosecutor Anatoly Zadorozny delivered his closing argument that recalled the earlier testimony of the psychiatrists who were later allowed to testify at the trial yeah. and argued that Chikatilo fully understood the criminality of his actions, was able to resist his urges as he had proven in the past. Mm-hmm and made numerous conscious efforts to avoid detection. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. Furthermore, um, Zadorozny emphasized that in 19 of the charges, the material evidence of the crimes had been provided by Chikatilo himself, as we've been saying. Yeah. And so he formally requested the death penalty after repeating every single one of the charges. Mm. Damn. Mike, drop. So after the conclusion of Zadorozny's closing argument, Judge Akubzinov, who's still fucking there for some reason, mm. invited Chikatilo back into the courtroom before formally asking him whether or not he would like to make a final statement on his own behalf. In response, mm. Chikatilo sat there just completely silent. Didn't say shit. Great. Yeah. So vow of silence, great time to take it. Yep. Judge, Judge Akubzinov then announced that the two official jurors and he would pass the final sentence on September 15th, but this day was later postponed to October 14th. And okay. as the court announced its recess, the brother of Lyudmila Alexeyeva, um, the 17-year-old girl that was killed by Chikatilo in August 1984, threw a heavy chunk of metal at Chikatilo and hit him in Ooh. the chest. Yeah, Bull's bitch. eye. Um, so I wonder how his nipples were doing. So then when security tried to arrest the brother, 
other victims' families, and I love this. I love this. This actually brought a small tear to my eye. They formed a human wall to keep security from getting to him. Yeah. I've got chills. Like, it reminds me of that. Those The people, I think it was in Tennessee, they formed a human wall to keep ICE from taking away those um, immigrants. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, we love a human wall. We love standing in solidarity with our brothers and sisters. So, on October 14th, Judge Akubzinov announced that Chikatilo was found guilty of 52 of the 53 murders for which he had been tried. <sighs> Don't know right. why it was only f- fucking 52, but, like, yeah, that's right? fucking fine. Chikatilo was also found guilty of the five counts of sexual assault. And on October 15th, Judge Akubzinov formally sentenced Chikatilo to death plus 86 years for the 52 murders and five counts of sexual assault for which he had been found guilty. Yeah. So, not fucking bad. And upon passing the final sentence, Judge Akubzinov made this remark, quote, Taking into consideration the horrible misdeeds of which he is guilty, this court has no alternative but to impose the only sentence that he deserves. I therefore sentence him to death, end quote. In yeah. response, Chikatilo kicked his bench across the cage, which is a fun sentence. <laughs> um, he, ch- he kicked his bench across his cage when he heard the verdict and started shouting. Suddenly, this vow of silence is over. Yeah. Yes. Funny how that works out. However, when he was given the opportunity to make a speech in response to the verdict, he shut the fuck up again. He resumed his (laughs) vow of silence. I'm like, this bitch, what the fuck? So then... He doesn't do anything somebody tells him to do. No, no. Like, mm okay, someone's a Taurus. So Chikatilo was then taken from the courtroom to his cell at Novakurchak... Kirch Cherkask, Nova Cherkask prison yeah. to await execution. Um, he did lodge an appeal against his conviction with the Russian Supreme Court, but mm-hmm. it was rejected in the summer of 1993 when you were just a wee babe. Yes. And Chikatilo then filed a final appeal for clemency with President Boris Yeltsin, which was rejected on January 4th, 1994. And then on February 14th, 1994, Valentine's Day, Chikatilo was taken from his death row cell to a soundproofed room in Novocherkask, Novocherkask, goddammit, mm-hmm. prison, and executed with a single gunshot behind the right ear. Happy Valentine's Day. Alrighty then. Throughout the years leading up to and following his capture, he has been known as the Butcher of Rostov, the Red Ripper, and the Rostov Ripper. And that is the case. 40 minutes later. Oh, yeah. It's a long one, I'm telling you. We're not even at pop culture yet. No. And while a lot of people don't seem to have heard of Chikatilo, there's a bunch of pop culture and over the references to this guy. Yeah. So first of all, a 68-year-old Russian lady named Tamara Samsonova, who the press would later fucking call Baba Yaga, which I think is fucking hysterical, <laughs> admitted to beheading, dismembering, and eating nearly a dozen people in St. Petersburg over the course of 20 years, back in 2015. And apparently, Chikatilo and his crimes served as her inspiration. Um, in addition to keeping a diary to record her crimes, and police figured, they, they think that it wasn't even all of the crimes that she committed. Yeah. Um, the, her neighbor of 15 years, Marina Krivenko, said that she was, quote, very interested in maniac Chikatilo, end quote. Um, mm. And this is according to the Mirror. 
And Krivenko also said, quote, she gathered information about him and how he committed his murders, end quote. Which sounds to me like when those kids plan school shootings and you go into their bedrooms and you see, like, Colorado and Sandy Hook and fucking Columbine, like, on their walls. Like, it sounds sounds about right. So, uh, uh, apparently, he inspired this. All right. Um... And did I mention? Yes, I did mention that she ate them. Okay. So then four books have been written about him. All of them were published during his trial or before his execution. Mm, Um, The first is the 1992 novel. I guess I should mention nonfiction books, but we'll get into that. Yes. Yeah. The first is the 1992 novel, The Red Ripper, Inside the Mind of Russia's Most Brutal, Not Beautiful, Fuck, Serial Killer. Mm. If If you've seen him, if you've been on our gram, you know he yeah. ain't he looked like Gollum, like he ain't straight cute. up he ain't cute um so this novel was written by british journalist peter conradi who most people know he wrote the king's speech like the book that was turned into the oscar-winning movie with hottie colin firth yeah yes um so then in 1993 the other three nonfiction books were published on chikatilo one was Comrade Chikatilo, the psychopathy, the psychopathology of Russia's notorious serial killer. That is a 3.7 out of 5 on Goodreads and was co-written by Mikhail Krivich and Olgert Olgin, which is a fun name. Mm. Um, and they also went on to write another book about the case in 2015 with almost the exact same title. Comrade Chikatilo, Russia's most notorious serial killer. So they've written All right. Comrade Chikatilo, the psychopathology of Russia's most notorious serial killer. And Comrade Chikatilo, Russia's most notorious serial killer. So stick with what you know. Okay. Yeah. And the last one was the killer department. Detective Victor Burakov's eight-year hunt for the most savage serial killer of our times. It was written by Robert Cullen. And the book not only has a four out of five rating on Goodreads with over 250 reviews, but also this book was made into a little old TV movie titled citizen x oh okay and that movie it's technically a tv movie but it was on hbo so you tell me um yeah hbo is not just tv yeah exactly it's the home box office um excuse me so take a seat yes so the movie was written and directed by chris geralmo um it stars donald sutherland as detective fetisov Level. And Sutherland's portrayal actually earned him a Golden Globe for best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a miniseries, ser- in a series miniseries or motion picture made for television, and oh. also a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Miniseries or Special in 1996. Mm-hmm. The movie itself was also nominated for the Golden Globe for best miniseries or motion picture ma- or made for television movie, and mm-hmm. the primetime emmy for outstanding made for television movie Hmm. and there were many more award nominations that went around on top of that geralmo had a nomination had a bunch of nominations like it it was very well received the movie has a 7.5 out of 10 on on imdb it has a google score of 92 and it's rated 88 percent fresh on rotten tomatoes and you can watch it for free on amazon prime video if you live in the united states Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm adding that disclaimer because I don't know if you can if Amazon Prime is universal or if it's like that Netflix snafu when we announced that the Bundy movie was out. 
Yeah. Because that was a whole thing. Um, yeah. People in Mexico were pissed, understandably so. <laughs> um, so it appears that Chikatilo was also the inspiration for the 2008 uh, fiction novel Child 44. Um, it's like a series, but that's the first book. Okay. And it features a series of murders that have a pretty similar MO, and the locations and the details are very similar to, like, those associated with the case. Yeah. The book, which was written by British novelist Tom Robb Smith, is the first novel in a trilogy featuring the character Leo Demidoff. Sound like Fortisov at all? Mm. Like, I don't know, man. You tell me. Or Burakov? Fortisov, Burakov, or Fedosov, Burakov. Too many Russian names, goddamn. Lots of ovs. Lots of ovs. That's my point. Um, <laughs> he's a former MGB agent who investigates a series of gruesome child murders in the USSR. Mm, so. All right. Well. Yes. So it's like, it takes place in, I want to say, like the 50s. So it's a little bit before Chikatilo's time, but a lot of the details are there. Okay. Um, it's probably, if we were to compare it, it's closest in similarity to, like, how Gone Girl is very similar to the Lacey Peterson case without it being specifically about the Lacey Peterson case. Yes, yeah. So, the novel actually inspired a movie of the same name in 2015, which stars Tom Hardy and Gary Oldman. Mm -hmm. And the film did not great. Um, <laughs> okay. It has a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. An 89% Google score and a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Google seems to be a little more forgiving. Much more forgiving. Yeah. Um, and the Rotten Tomatoes critical consensus was, quote, there's a gripping story at the heart of Child 44 and a solid performance from Tom Hardy in the lead, but it all still adds up to a would-be thriller that lacks sufficient thrills, end quote. All right. Yep. So then another movie that was based on Chikatilo's crimes is the 2004 film Ivalenko, which stars Malcolm McDowell, whom we love, mm -hmm. and was written and directed by David Graco. And it also didn't do great, uh, but not as bad as Child 44. It has a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb, an 83% rating on Google, and a 47% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So like Rotten Tomatoes mm. just keeps nailing these guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as, as they do. Um, and there was also no critical consensus at the time of my research for that one. Okay. But um, there's also a song by a metal band from Tokyo called Church of oh. Misery. I don't know what it is about these metal bands. They all go for these crimes. But... Um, Makes them seem so freaking cool. I guess? I don't know. Um, but Church of Misery, they have a song that directly alludes to Chikatilo titled Red Ripper Blues. And I might have posted it already on the That's fine. On the website. I might have, but it's you can fine. go and check that. It's fecking fine. Um right. you're gonna do this right now in front of all these people. Um but so it was on their two thousand four album, The Second Coming, and you can listen to it on Spotify. Okay. There have also been multiple TV specials, like nonfiction, that have covered Chikatilo. In nineteen ninety four, he was included on an episode of AE's investigative reports. In 1997, the Russian TV channel NTV, N is in Nancy, not MTV. It's probably like their version of MTV, but I don't know. I am not from All Russia. Right. Um, but that's what I'm assuming just based on the similarity. It's probably not, and all the Russians are going to come for me. Um, they showed a documentary that covered 
the case of Chikatilo titled Criminal Russia, The Trail of Satan. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we're into titles. So then, in oh, I did hear, you asked me earlier if I could hear traffic. I did hear that little zoom zoom. Yeah, um, I'm hoping that the uh, our, our lovely the editing will stops. get rid of that. Hopefully, but like, I don't know, keep yeah. it in, keep it in, it's fun. It adds character. Oh, yeah. So then, in you're really here. What? It's like you're really here in my hot apartment. Yeah. You're, it's like it's like you're really feeling the sweat dripping down Haley's face as she listens to mm. me talk about murder in Russia, where Love it's it. cold. Um. So then, in 1989, the BBC aired the documentary Inside Story: The Russian Cracker, which focused on multiple serial killers in Rostov-on-Don which is the full name of the area in the years leading up to and immediately following the collapse of the Soviet Union. Furthermore, Dr. Bukhanovsky was included for the way he was able to profile these killers and help them get caught. Um, Mm. We love. And then in 2004, the biography channel released the documentary, the butcher of Rostov, which focused solely on Chikatilo and interviewed key players in the case, including Burakov, the detective, Mm-hmm. And there have also been multiple miniseries and documentaries on cannibals that included Chikatilo, but like I said, technically he wasn't a true cannibal, so I didn't put them on the list. Okay. And then finally, in a little bit more of the fiction side, his crimes have also served as the inspiration for several episodes of Criminal Minds, like more than five, less than 15. Wow. Like All right. quite a few. Um, and in some cases, his name and case are directly referenced on the series. Okay. So it's prevalent in Criminal Minds. Maybe not anywhere else, but it's prevalent in Criminal Minds. And that's really all that I matter. If it comes out of Spencer Reed's mouth, then that's all I care about. And that, finally, almost an hour later, is Andre Chikatilo. Oof. Oh, God. We're done. Lots of Russian names. Oh my god! Don't even. Don't even. I'm good. I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing as as small minded, ignorant as this sounds. I'm doing only American crimes for like a little while, just to like chill, to make it easier to, on your, to calm my your... pronunciations. Yes. All right. All right. I don't know if I can say that I liked it. Yeah, I, but, it's not a likable case, but <laughs> but it is very interesting. It's it's interesting. It's intriguing. Again, like I'm glad that his victims, both his murder victims and his sexual assault victims, received justice, except for that um, one. Except for that, well, except for those like what was it? Grand total went up to like sixty. Let's say if he was telling oh, the yeah, truth. Yeah. So except for those like eight, technically. But yeah. even still, I think that just by, and the ones that were unidentified and things like that, I think that just by him getting what he deserved, then yeah. Yeah. They, they also received, like, justice was still served for them as well, in my opinion, anyway. Mm. Mm-hmm. Even if they were not specifically identified, named. Yeah. But yeah. It's a super Alrighty. fucked up case. And I really, like we've said this before, I don't know why more people don't know about it. Yeah, like, especially like Homeboy's people crazy. deeply yeah, people like deeply entrenched in like true crime research. Like it, it's not a very well-known case. No. And I don't know if that's because it's from another country or a country that's so far away or what have you, but like 
it's i'm surprised i'm always surprised when more people like are like oh really i didn't know about this one yeah especially because um it's it wasn't that long ago no like i was yeah i was a baby when when this like trial was going on and stuff i was yet to be born when he died (laughs) yeah but it's 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 still pretty crazy no absolutely and like it was really fun because like some people were like oh my god i didn't know about this case but i really want to know about it now i'm like well bitch guess what we did have i got a story for you not only are you gonna know about it you're gonna be a fucking expert at this point everybody's gonna be like have to read you didn't you just got to listen you can multitask you can do this while working you can do this while driving like come the fuck on like we made this so easy for you my favorite thing do this while like cleaning parts of your house yeah i have to do that in the daytime though i think we've talked about this i'm very skittish like and you do it at nighttime like the other night it was like six o'clock it was kind of daylight and Uh there was a woman sitting in front of my apartment for a good like half hour because i was doing laundry so i kept seeing her and she was like watching me leave my apartment do my laundry because like our laundry room is downstairs and the michael wasn't supposed to be home until later or so i thought so i hear the door Mm -hmm. like start also well we'll get to that in a second so i hear the door like start like moving and i was like michael is that you michael it better be you i saw him i saw his face i still screamed (laughs) but also he's a very scary boy yes this may or may not be my last episode because i do think that i may die either at the hands of a person or a ghost because somebody knocked on my door rang my bell and then went it was a woman hello Mm -hmm. and i my cats fled in my time of need and then i went to look out the peephole and there was legit no one fucking there and i was expecting an amazon package that day no amazon package it came later super spooked so yeah either we're haunted or i'm gonna die i don't like either option but just letting y'all know if i suddenly drop off it's that it's whoever that is it's it's whoever hello i'll carry on in your memory Please do. Thank you. Please, please cover my crime okay. on this podcast. My my murder. All right. I will. Thank you for doing me that honor. That's my that 21 gun salute. You. All right. All right. I think we've done enough tangents for today. Yeah. I think we're, <laughs> we're pretty set. We're pretty tangented out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just... I was saying again, this was a Patreon um, yes, suggested or Patreon requested episode. And for, I believe it's $10 a month, you can be uh, entered to the uh, Patreon poll that you get to vote monthly on an episode for the next month. Yeah. So if you're interested in doing something like that, you can join our Patreon there's other tiers as well with more rewards, so you can go ahead and do that. Um, screenshot your five-star review for us for a pin. Yes. Like we said at the beginning. Honestly, like, um, why not? Go to the website, crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com, mm-hmm. and you can find all of the links to everything and more information about this episode. Um, I think that's it. I was going to say, yeah, I think that covers it all. Next month, we are doing two episodes a week for the entire month of October. 
So get fucking ready. I'm not ready. Like oh, I am, so but ready. I'm not. Alright. Alright. We will see you all next Tuesday. Yes, we will. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. 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 Uh... No, you can